Welcome to the Why Don't You Say Something podcast, where we're doing exactly that, saying something about the online coaching, online course world, and spiritual industry, because we're all wondering what the F is going on. I'm Eva, a former yoga teacher and online business strategist who slowly started to question some of the things that I was learning and teaching myself. I've now come to see the light and I'm sharing those learnings with you here. In this podcast, we're going to break down some of the red flags we see, hear people's stories and experiences, and offer resources on how you can do business in a bullshit-free way yourself if you are in business. Heads up as you're listening, I swear a lot, so be careful of your kiddos' ears. Just a quick note to say, this podcast is a chat or an interview with someone today, and this is the spiel that I put on the beginning of every single interview I have. These are conversations with other people, and I am honored and excited and so freaking grateful that these people took the time to have a conversation with me, to share their perspective, to share their knowledge. Now, sometimes on the internet or on Instagram, we think that everyone needs to think like us, Everyone needs to do exactly what we think they should do. Hello, I am guilty of this. And as much as I would personally love that, it is not humanly possible, okay? And it doesn't create a place where we're learning more, where we're connecting with new people, where we're expanding our horizons or having our own beliefs challenged. So sometimes people will message me on Instagram and say, why did you share the story of this other person because they once posted this or they're running that? Y'all, I don't have the time. I truly have a full-time job and I'm not trying to investigate or vouch for every single person. So I invite us to drop any kind of judgments in that way or good or bad thinking. It really doesn't help anything. We could get into how that's part of white supremacy culture, positioning something as good or bad or right or wrong, and that's that. This team or that team, this side or that side. We could also get into how when you learn about ethics, one of the things they invite you to do is drop that kind of yes or no thinking because it can oversimplify very complex things and not put us in a place of deeper understanding, being open to learning more. So we are having conversations on this podcast. I'm so appreciative. Thank you so much for listening. And feel free to share your thoughts and opinions over on Instagram posts. And let's dive into the interview. Hello, everyone. It's Eva, and I have a guest on the show today. This is Alyssa. Uh, She's amazing. I got to meet her and chat with her through Instagram. She's someone who I've really appreciated her her work, and I've been able to learn from her. Uh, She teaches on communication and conflict strategy, which, you know what, folks, that's an amazing thing. For myself personally, I kind of have a tendency to say, oh, everything's fine, everything's fine, and cold shoulder people, or be like, I'm going to meet you outside, and let's fight, and like, New Yorker comes out. So through the past while, it's been great for me to learn more communication style, communication tips. So we're going to dive into some of that today. We're also going to cover and get into a little bit of how do we deal 
with the thoughts and feelings that come up maybe if you're working with a service provider, if you're working with a coach and something's not working for you or something's not feeling right and you want to communicate that, well, hey, that can bring up a lot. And, and that's something that I've heard from you guys uh, many, many times. So we're going to talk about communication and conflict strategy today. Um, thank you so much, Miss Alyssa, for being on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I am looking forward <laughs> to this conversation a lot. Yay! <laughs> Me too. Um, so tell us like a little about yourself. I mean, what's a little, um, you know, ditty about yourself of how, how you got into this work and also a little, how did you find the, why don't you say something page? Yeah. Um, how I got into this work is a long story, but short story is I met, uh, my mentor through a Tai Chi class that, um, we were both attending and convinced her to join my class instead. <laughs> and we got talking about the somatic aspect of um, emotional regulation and how like Eastern arts help and turned out she was a specialist in conflict navigation and dispute resolution. And she just took me under her wing and trained me for about six years. We're still working together and um, helping people find that middle ground between fight and avoid. <laughs> Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, you know, and trying to take on a more collaborative attitude when it comes to conflict. Like, how can we figure this out together? And if we can't, what do we do? Mm. So that is, that's our work. Yeah. We just, we are trying to bring the collaboration back. Very cool. And so you've been like doing and teaching Tai Chi or you've been into like somatics and stuff for a while. Yeah. I've been I started Tai Chi in 2006, started taking it, and have been teaching for at least the last 10 years. Wow. Um, and and then, yeah, and I, I went through the somatic school um, for somatic coaching, and I've done holistic lifestyle coaching certificates. I've done all kinds of stuff in that, that arena as well, so I have both kind of the or have the somatic and spiritual aspect of my education. And then I also have like the very logical communication aspect. Mm. Um, and now we're trying to tie the, all of them together. Yeah. I forget if I've mentioned this to you before, but have you heard of Strala Yoga, which is like Tai Chi and Qigong. Did I mention that? With, yeah. It's yeah, Tai Chi and Qigong with yoga. Mm -hmm. But I've actually never taken an official Tai Chi class. So I really need to get my but to one but anyways shout out to tai chi let's all go and then uh yeah i just love strala yoga because it's not just this like hard rigid poses it's like the whole thing is a pose of your energy and your movement and i love that so that's very cool uh what was the somatic training like that you took i don't even know like what that really means but everyone's telling me to do a somatic <laughs> training yeah the somatic training was a six month program um, with the somatic school and it's, it's about bringing the, the body wisdom to coaching. It's actually sitting with whatever physical sensation is happening and, and seeing if you can, what it might be trying to tell you without thinking too much. You know, a lot of people tend to intellectualize and not listen to their body. And it's, it's sort of, combining the two it's like oh what what is my body telling me right now and what do I do with it 
um, rather than just assigning it a label that might not be accurate because we didn't mm -hmm. give ourselves time to actually feel it. Hmm. Okay, very cool. I, I have to check it out. And then how did you find the my Instagram and like kind of have you had experiences or seen things that have made you be like all this crap out there in the girl boss coaching industry? I know you said you've done a lot of certificates and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't, I think I was following your old account. Maybe I'm oh, not okay. sure. Cause I know I followed a bunch of Instagram marketer people that I was like, I don't enjoy marketing. Maybe somebody will eventually <laughs> tell me how to do it properly. <laughs> and then I, I don't know. I think that's, or somebody linked to your account and that's how I found you. But, um, I mean, my, my Instagram is encouraging conversations and that's literally what you're doing. And so mm. that's, I, that I just was like, yes, this is so important. I've, I've taken certifications that, um, were terrible that, um, I knew more than the instructors and I couldn't believe how much money I'd pay for it, paid for it. And, you know, at a certain point, it's like, well, what do you do if you already went all the way through it? <laughs> you got, you used all of their time, you know, you, but it sucked. So um, I've been there. I've also worked with clients who have been taken advantage of and had to work through some issues with me about, you know, the conflict they were having with maybe how they felt about being taken advantage of and how to communicate that to the person mm. and, and potentially get their money back or um, just stand up for themselves. Or feeling badly about not standing up for themselves mm -hmm. and dealing with that. So I've, I've both coached people just in their inner conflict and then also help them navigate that interpersonal conflict with mm -hmm. whoever it was that they felt wronged by. Yeah. So one of the things I think I saw somewhere, maybe it was on one of your Instagrams or your site or something, um, but your work speaks about treating people um, kind of with civility and respect, mm -hmm. regardless of how uh people feel about each other or maybe their differing opinions or experiences and i'm like yeah hell yeah i mean i don't always do that believe me but um you know that's something that i really do try for or, or believe in i've put out this anonymous submission box on instagram stories and i've been getting a lot of people either saying like i stole i stole something from you and I still have it like just weird ass stuff or like you know butthole or <laughs> they'll just like bully me with some weird stuff but there's also been people who feel comfortable there to tell me like they don't agree with what I'm doing or they don't uh, appreciate some of the stuff that I post and so I shared that today saying like hey I really appreciate it and that's a that's a fine opinion and thank you I will think on that and so many people were shocked by that so many people were absolutely shocked by that. And so I don't always act that way. Some people I'm like, I'm gonna take you outside. But I guess, have you found that that's kind of a new thing for people to treat people kind of with like kindness or respect or? That's a good question. Um, I saw that share that you did and I like, 
that response that you had is what I want my clients to have. It, that is the collaborative approach, right? Like I can learn from you mm-hmm. and conflict is how we learn. You, you need it to know that anything needs to change. Um, so we hope that that is a trend. Um, I find that it's not a trend on the internet uh, in professional settings. And I think now that people are, are getting more into mindful communication and all of the different modalities of that, um, there are there are a lot more people who are emotionally aware enough to say like, okay, the fact that we have differing views doesn't threaten me. Mm-hmm. I can I can hear what you have to say. I don't have to agree with it. And the fact that I don't agree doesn't have to mean that I have to be angry about it. Mm-hmm. I can just think differently and consider what you have to say and then think, do I want to continue engaging? Does it mean anything to me? Am I going to change mm-hmm. and actually just make a decision from that place instead of, I can't believe you said that to me, <laughs> you know, which is yeah, a lot more constructive. I think you nailed it on the head there that it is that is not the case online. People kind of go with outrage or screw you or kind of all or nothing or my side or not, or that's been my experience. And then sometimes people will tell people, just tell them to unfollow you if they don't agree. I'm like, well, I want them here. Like, I, I mean, there's just many reasons to it, but that is not the case with online. The online, the internet is a really hard thing to navigate. And that's been something interesting for me. Like, where do I... I try not to ever block somebody truly. I think like the first time last week I blocked someone who was fat shaming me and everybody else. She started to go into all the followers and I was like, congrats, goodbye, right? We're stopping you. But anyways, for the most part, I want communication about it. I want uh, conversations about it. And also I used to think completely differently. I mean, a couple of years ago, I would have seen my account and probably been like you you bitch (laughs) like so I have to be open to the fact of I I used to literally think differently not long ago and we'll see what I move into next I don't know but anyways I digress yeah the online communication is quite is quite interesting so with the people that you work with is it all different types of people do you tend to go into um, like corporations or What's kind of been your experience in the work you've been doing? Uh, it's it's varied. Um, we've definitely worked with some corporations, uh, been hired by supervisors to help their management team uh, be able to manage more effectively, more constructively in their communication with their direct reports. Um, I've also helped a lot of just individuals navigating little momentary issues, you know, that aren't necessarily... That, that can feel very serious, but aren't, aren't like, oh, I'm about to get fired. Mm-hmm. Um, also working with employees who maybe have been put on performance improvement plans, but maybe their supervisor doesn't know how to help them improve. And learning how to um, ask, you know, what is it that you need from me in a way that doesn't make them feel too vulnerable mm-hmm. is a lot of the work also. So just like really any kind of <laughs> any kind of situation where people are like, I don't know what the heck to do about this or how to talk about it, mm-hmm. then we figure out how to do that. 
And do you go with like the person, let's say you've got Jimmy Joe or something. I don't know what that was, um, who is having some issues at work or a lot of conflict. Do you only sit down with that one person or do you sometimes sit down with like the two people who are having conflict? Um, so me personally, uh, we, I've mainly just worked one-on-one, um, or we've done, you know, group trainings and stuff. My business partner and mentor, Steffi Berkowitz is a a mediator. So she has done, I don't know, hundreds of hours of mediation where she actually sits down with both people and, um, she's done it for me and people in my family. And I, she does it all the time. Uh, she also, um, has done it for people like navigating the IEP system for their special education mm-hmm. students. Um, so there's our, both of our experiences together is very broad. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was just imagining you guys at work or like sitting down or like how it goes. And I'm just thinking like, dang, that must be like, you must have such like guts or so much self-assuredness and, or such a grounded presence a grounded nervous system to be able to go into those situations with people or talk to people and or be with people who maybe don't want to talk to you they're like great okay oh my boss said I've got to work with some person yeah that's I mean that's part of the somatic aspect um I can say (laughs) you know growing up I was I was the kid who, um, if I was upset with you, I would sit on the bench at recess and cry and wait for somebody to come ask me what was wrong. And if they didn't, then you would just never know. <laughs> wow. Um, and, you know, I, I, it was, it's such a foreign, like when I think about how I used to be before I started doing this work, it's so different to actually be like, yeah, I, I do have a grounded nervous system. Like I, I do have that control. And that's something that I do work with my clients on is how do I not let those physical sensations of anxiety or whatever it is that you're experiencing, keep me from talking and saying what I need to say. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can tell you for sure, I've gone into some negotiations with the sweatiest palms, you know, but when you have a method and you have the information to fall back on and you've practiced and you know what you're trying to accomplish, you can kind of just ignore the body stuff until afterwards. And then it's like, okay, I need a massage. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to go, you know, calm down and process mm-hmm. in some other way. But it is a it is a learned skill for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive into how do people blend that into maybe communication, especially with like service providers or coaches, or even if like, Hey, you're, you know, you have like a friend that you're working with together and something's going off the rails. So let's, let's talk about what we're talking about today and how that has to do with the coaching industry. One of the questions that we wrote down is how can you speak up? about something when you feel like a coach or maybe a trainer or a course creator or something, it's not feeling beneficial or you're not happy with something because I know that's a real issue for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a huge issue. I think, you know, avoiding discomfort is most people's go-to. I think that's, you know, just the natural 
thing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when we're not sure what we can do, can being what we're able to do and also what we're allowed to do. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people just err on the side of like, well, it's not worth my effort or I'm just so freaked out. I can't even think about what to do. Mm -hmm. And, and that's when it's like, okay, time to gather information. That's, that's the first thing. It's like, go back and look as, you know, Eva likes to talk about all the time, refund policy. What does it say? What was it that was promised? Um, Being prepared before you go into a conversation is going to be just the number one the number one thing that's going to help the most is like having information knowing what you want to accomplish what are you asking for what do you what do you want the outcome to be and then what information do you have and we were mentioning this before is like first and foremost with this is that you have permission and you're allowed to say something i mean haha my account but um when so many coaches, course creators, teachers position themselves as this like authority and you're lucky to be in my presence and watch my Facebook lives or just this kind of energy of them running the show. It can feel kind of scary or feel like you're not supposed to speak up about something. So what you're saying is fantastic and reminding everyone you get to say something, you get to speak up and that can feel really scary. Yeah. It's, it's so important to say something And, you know, whether the exercise is just to say something so that, you know, you can, or, Mm -hmm. or if you're trying to actually make a change of some kind, it doesn't matter as long as you know, which you're trying to do, but knowing that your experience is your experience. And regardless of how the other person feels, it's still your experience and you're allowed, you're allowed to have it. Um, I think that that's, that was such a a common thing to receive pushback when you're like, Hey, this isn't working for me. And somebody's like, well, then you must be doing something wrong. And it's like, or you could ask me why it's not working. That's, I think when people get pushback, they immediately shut down mm-hmm. because especially if you tend to avoid uh, uncomfortable conversations, getting pushback is really uncomfortable. So that is, if you notice yourself shutting down, it's that it's a time to ask more questions. That's really good. Like not avoiding what's uncomfortable. And I mean, I think my therapist said this once, or maybe I read it on Pinterest or something. Uh, we get into worse things by avoiding what's uncomfortable. So when it comes to the coaching or course creation stuff, people can speak up. A lot of times those little uncomfortable moments where you can speak up come earlier than people think, or there's those little flickers of where you kind of ignore something. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I I do think that's very true. I think we start getting signals early on and we justify immediately and we Mm -hmm. go, oh, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's, it's okay. And then we, we might know like, oh, okay. I, I don't like this, but it's not bad enough for me to say something. And when you wait for something to be bad enough, that's when you generally get into more emotional activation and <laughs> then it's and then it's harder to say something because you're emotional. So so paying attention to the early signals and asking questions early on, like, hey, are we going to get that email? Is is this thing actually going to happen? Whatever it is that you're confused about, then you have more information. The more information, the better. 
I want all the information all the time so I know what I'm working with. And if you speak up, then the, the course creator that you're speaking up with has more information. And if they are professionals who care about growing their business, then they have information to make themselves better. So it's really helpful when people speak up. I always want feedback from my clients so that we can navigate what works best for them so that I can actually provide a better service. That's something that I had said to people is put a feedback form on your website or in your course, be anonymous. Uh, You know, how is this landing? Do you feel like something's lacking? Are you feeling like you're getting too much information or less? And I've also heard in some coaching methodologies of on the end of every session, people might say, uh, what really worked for you today? You know, what didn't, or what could you have done without? Like what didn't feel as helpful? And I have asked that in my coaching sessions in the past, and it was really phenomenal. Sometimes the most random little thing I said was so helpful. And then something I thought was really brilliant was like, yeah, no, whatever. So you really learn and grow a lot and people can't learn and grow as service providers unless they get feedback from people. How would they know? And we shouldn't be afraid of it. Feedback is so important. You know, it's, it's literally how we know what needs to change. So it, you know, same as conflict. Um, And you get feedback because somebody had a conflict. Yeah. So you need it. It's important. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And just uh, for people who are worried about criticism, it's, it's definitely, it can be tough. Um, Feedback is important and you can also it as an even better if. This is something from the somatic school that we would do. It's like, it's not criticism. I'm not saying you did anything bad. It's that it would be even better if this other thing was also included or adjusted in some way. So it, it's not a negative. Mm-hmm. The if. Yeah, it, even like better. If we did this, it would be even better. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had a teacher who would call it tweaks. Like, what did you love? What's the top three things you loved? Or maybe I was in a, a, a writing class and they were like, what are the three things that stood out to you that you loved? What would you tweak? Uh, what were you confused by? Like being able to ask those questions is, is so, so, so important. Mm-hmm. I get very many messages of people who have either not spoken up at all when maybe they felt like a coach really wasn't the right fit or whatever kind of issue, you know, the issues all day long, I've been talking about forever here. They don't speak up at all. And, or maybe somebody said, no, and then the, you know, consumer just kind of like stopped and didn't do anything. Or people just go balls to the wall, screaming at them, cussing them out, like just being blocked and deleted and all kinds of strong emotion, which, Hey, you know, that that's, that's a great place too role play for a sec or like think on it if there was someone who's like I really feel like this program is not what it was supposed to be I'm not really getting the materials or like the coaching is really fluff I'm scared to speak out like what do I do yeah it's you know going back to being prepared it's what do you want Mm -hmm. what are you looking for do you want to get out of the program do you want extra support do you want a different kind of information? Um, it's 
the format that isn't doing it for you? Is it the personality that you're dealing with? Is it the timing? You know, what, what is it that isn't working? That is the place to start. What is the issue? I love that. So we're saying be prepared and really ask yourself, what do you want? saying you want to leave the program are you saying you want a refund for the remaining sessions are you saying you want the session extended to an hour and a half are you saying the group is too big and it actually was marketed as something smaller like really what do you want from it not just like hey you know i i'm i'm mad and then like exactly what are you looking for when you reach out to them okay i guess a, a clear request if you have one you know sometimes it get a clear request until you've had the conversation to see what the options are. And then you could say, okay, yeah, I want to, I want to refund on the remaining sessions, or I want two extra sessions, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it's something that is really common when people are um, upset is that they go in with observations. And that's not a lot to work with for somebody who might be receiving that observation as criticism. So it's like, you know, I'm not happy with this. Like, okay, thanks for sharing. (laughs) What do you want me to do with that information? So having something in there, it's it's like, you don't need to tell that person you're not happy. You can say, this is not uh, getting me where I thought it was going to take me. So I don't want to continue or I'll continue if changes are made here, the changes that I want to see. We're asking them what changes can be made. How would you help me coach? Because you're the coach. Reminded me of um, whoever shared a while ago that, you know, they'd asked, they'd mentioned that the course wasn't working out for them. And the business coach, I think it was a business coach, basically was like, you know, well, then it's your mindset, right? Your, your mindset is why this isn't working. And that sort of response is not somebody who is currently in a problem-solving state. They are in a competitive state. Whose fault is it? And that's when you know just sharing an observation of this isn't working for me is not going to get you where you want to go. You need to get them to collaborate with you. It's like, well, that's the time to ask more questions, right? So what about my mindset (laughs) is it that, you know, you, you tell me you're the business expert, if I'm not getting something out of your course, what what is it that I should be doing differently? Tell me, you're mm-hmm. the expert. Mm-hmm. Challenge them on it. Push back on their pushback. That's okay too. Mm-hmm. That's one we hear a lot is, you know, it's your own mindset issue. You need to really be all in or, you know, that's a, you're focusing on the negative, blah, 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 blah. They really throw that a lot. And I think exactly what you're saying, they're not coming from a problem solving place. They're coming from like, oh my gosh, are you not my ideal client? Do you not see the goodness in this? I'm making crap up, you know, and deep down, maybe very upset by anyone critiquing their work. Uh, That's a big one. So I'm thinking if this person's like, dang, I really want to speak up, really want to say something. And we're saying, okay, well, what do you want? what are you looking for here? Have a clear request. And we're also like gathering more information, right? You have mentioned at some point about not using certain language. Um, I learned in therapy to try and focus on some you language in like my basic communication, because I want to go, you suck. (laughs) You're an idiot. 
look at what you're doing. You, you ignore me, which talk a little, if you have any tidbits on that kind of language to use or not. Yeah. So, um, I feel like I'm always, yeah. So <laughs> to start every, every, uh, turn taking, um, the idea is that we talked about earlier was removing pronouns from the language as much mm -hmm. as possible, because even when you're using I statements, oftentimes that can set up a me versus you. I need this, so you need to do that, which is adversarial. And it, it is often received that way. Um, so just removing pronouns, like write out whatever it is that you're asking for, and then go back and restructure the sentence, trying to use zero pronouns if possible. Sometimes it's important to know who's doing what, um, but that is the main thing I've noticed in all of my communication, how much it improves responses that I get and just lessens the amount of defensiveness. Hmm. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, dang, I'd have to really try and write that out. If I said, uh, maybe if I wanted to say, you know, you've been MIA in the program and what was in the portal is a bunch of fluff and pretty empty and like 10 years old. Um, like what I, I, I'm, I, I'm literally thinking, like, coach isn't there so much. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a challenge. Um, it, it's definitely a practice. Uh, t sometimes I, you know, write out an email and then it takes me like 10 minutes to be like, how do I say this without saying you? But it, it you know, with practice, it gets a lot easier. So if the issue is that, um, let's say, is that uh, this is old content, right? And that's your complaint. This, mm -hmm. this content is old. Question, hey, is there an updated version of this? Mm. Is this price, you know, is this price for the old content? <laughs> I'm sorry. Is this you know, price for the old content? Uh, yeah. Hello. Um, it depends on what was sold to you as well. That's why, you know, having the sales page, I, if I buy anything, I always take screenshots of the sales page because those things disappear and, and knowing what, why did I sign up? What was I looking for? Mm -hmm. And then that way, cause be constructive to go in there and be like, you know what, you're never here. Could be that page, not you, not you, the salesperson, right? Whoever we bought it from, let's say, pretend salesperson, you don't use you. You would say the sales page said, receiving a one live from the instructor a week, and that hasn't been happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's up with that? Mm -hmm. Will we, will those sessions be made up? Okay, I'm liking this because if I think of saying, you know, you are MIA and you're not in the Facebook group, you could say, oh, well, I guess that's an I, but it would be a step in the right direction of, I was expecting more activity and support in the Facebook group or so you, you know, like right. you are MIA. Yeah. And that could be morphed into, there hasn't been a lot of support yeah. in the Facebook group. Yes. There hasn't been a lot of many options to ask questions to the course creator. Yeah. And that removes both I and you. Yeah. And that identifies what the issue is in this pretend scenario. The issue is that you have questions that aren't getting answered. So it's like, hey, 
there haven't been a lot of uh, opportunities to ask questions in the group. Can I ask these questions so that they're answered before the time runs out? Mm -hmm. There's no pronouns in that besides mm -hmm. I, but I am as asking the questions and they need to know that. <laughs> So immediately when I think of writing something out like that, I feel much less charge. And, and if I'm putting myself in this, this position where I would be reaching out to someone and expressing something that might feel uncomfortable for me, speaking up for myself, I feel in my, here, here Eva is writing out her letter to the coach, I feel much less charge or anxiety about it by using this language, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, that's the goal. And if you notice, you are MIA is not the actual issue. That's what in this scenario has been identified as the reason for the unhappiness. But the unhappiness is really that I, I didn't get to ask questions that you need to ask. Mm. And then I decided it's because you're not here. Mm -hmm. You can just address, hey, who should I ask instead? Where can I ask these questions? Is this going to be available? And then depending on the answer, then you can <laughs> make a decision from there. Do I want to stay? Do I want to go? Yeah. Because what if I was like, okay, you've been MIA. That is the issue. And then my personal questions haven't been answered, which I thought was going to happen. What if they said, personally email me here anytime or personally DM me and I will voice note you back. Maybe I'd be like, hot damn, that's even better. So that's, that's a really, really good point. That's a, that's and anytime that. you're starting with, uh, you know, you're, you're, you've been MIA, the issue then becomes them defending why they are not there rather than getting you what you need. Mm -hmm. I haven't told them what you needed with that statement as well. Yeah. So that's where you look at the language and in, in conversation, we throw around you and I all the time like this, but if, if we were having uh, a conflict, you, I would immediately be dropping all of the pronouns as we're talking. Good. That's good. Hey, gosh, I got to work on that. Oh, man. I'm thinking of my family. And I'm like, don't tell them what to do anymore. Darn it. Oh, you uh, can. You just don't, don't use <laughs> pronouns. <laughs> Actually, so this is great. And I'm going to recap our notes like at the end here. But I would love to ask you, feeling super caught up in their emotions or really feeling like they are, you know, having strong emotions, how do you recommend like navigating that or dealing with that or communicating, you know, thing that I've learned is to try and not communicate from that place and see if I can find a more balanced place. You know, let's say someone's like, I'm going to take someone outside and, and, you know, fight them, or I'm going to make a post like outing people. Sometimes people will message me that I'm like, don't do anything right now. Just chill out. But any tidbits on kind of navigating those hard emotions? Navigating the emotions is probably the most challenging for many people. Um, definitely, you know, all of the things you've heard about pausing, giving yourself space to think about it and actually feel it. You know, generally our first instinct is to either act uh, what we're feeling or hang on to it and relive it over and over again by venting to everyone, like you were saying before. <laughs> uh, both of those things either escalate for the other person because you've rejected whatever it is and you've pushed it back in their face or it escalates it for you. So really a moment to sit with it, 
if you can, if you know how, um, do a little meditation, do any sort of movement practice that you have. So many somatic practices on the internet for how to like de-escalate in the moment. Um, also just, I mean, even if you're, if you have to deal with it right then, just move the shape of your body, move your posture. If you're leaning forward, lean back. If you're leaning back, move to the side, just do something that changes how you are currently holding yourself so that it's different than when you received the information that made you upset. Ooh, I really like that. Yeah. Where people kind of have the tendency to freeze or disconnect from their bodies or how they're feeling, like maybe you're feeling a lot of emotion, but your body could be frozen. So I really like that. Just kind of getting yourself moving, breathing. Sounds like a good thing to do. Yeah. Do a little body scan, relax where you feel tension. Um, I know, you know, there's some clients that, uh, doing they had a service position and so they were dealing with the public and it was during covid and there was a lot of pushback on you know mask policies and we worked with um we worked on some some physical movements for them to do like finding something to lean on that could be a support so that they didn't have to raise their volume to support their stance they just literally leaned on the cash register and used its sturdiness to make themselves feel sturdy in responding there's a lot of different things to do um, with your environment that helps you get it out of your mouth (laughs) Uh, without having to put the the actual like emotional charge into your language yeah yeah but and one idea that comes to mind is uh people will message and say that they're kind of navigating speaking up as I've said, or they're navigating how to write out an email. Uh, People want to hash that out um, in the Facebook group is a great place. If you want to be like, I'm thinking of writing this, I'm happy to take a peek at it. Or if people are kind of feeling um, emotional, like maybe you just dump it and vent it there before you go and take action. Could be a great place to just kind of um, those two things. So that's one idea. Yeah. And that dump, the emotional dumping, like that is also something that I uh, talk about with our clients is, is the first box thought, which is your, your link, your, the thing that you just want to say immediately, uh, which is usually not constructive. And it's almost always from the emotional place. If you just say it to someone else <laughs> who will receive it well, or help you process it, or just write it in an email and don't send it to anybody, do not send it delete it, (laughs) save it for later, whatever it is you need to do. But if you write that out first, then go through and pick out the nuggets of what in this email is actually constructive. What, Mm -hmm. what is my issue? I didn't like that this happened. I didn't like that this happened. And it usually ends with, so I need blank. Mm. And you pull out that piece and you start your actual communication with that information. Yeah. It's generally more helpful. The other skill that um, I've been working on and we help people with, it's it's a lifelong process, uh, is asking questions. Asking questions in the moment Mm. helps both you and the person you're talking to get out of that emotional space because you have to think about the answer. So uh, I was at the DMV and in a situation that normally I would have just run away from. I'm like, nope, not dealing with it. This man was being uh, racist and sexist and talking to me about it for some reason. I don't know why he chose me. 
Normally I just would have been like, nope, I will not speak to you and left the room. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to give up my place in line. <laughs> I wanted to get whatever it was I needed at the DMV. And I, I had been practicing this question asking and it's just, I just looked at him and I said, why are you sharing this with me? And he looked at me like I had spoken to him in a different language. <laughs> and then he started defending his himself and what he was saying. And he basically talked himself out of what it was that he was sharing with me and then got mad at me as if I had accused him of something. <laughs> and, and I just said, okay, um, don't share anything else with me. Thank you. That's and, good. Good for you. And and he just kind of sputtered and turned around and left me alone after that. But it was like, I'm done with this conversation but that asking him that question yeah the information I needed to be like okay is this a situation I need to physically remove myself from or can I just hang out and and frustrate him um turned out that was that was the case yeah. but asking that asking like why is this happening why are you sharing this with me why are you asking that question with the mindset person what makes you say it's my mindset mm -hmm. why do you say that yeah helps you have time to process and then also gets you more information. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, rather than just being like attacking back, you're asking more questions. You're asking more questions. Uh, so many good things. I want to read a little about that. You have the right to feel how you feel and you have the right to speak up and communicate about it and things that are uncomfortable or not avoiding the invitation is to not avoid something that's uncomfortable or that might be uncomfortable for someone else. Their, their discomfort is you're down is if you are wanting to speak up and communicate with these kind of scenarios we've been talking about is to be prepared so you can think on what you want, what are you looking for and have a clear request. Like what do you want and need from this situation rather than just screw you uh, we talked, and I will work on this, is removing pronouns. It's not you're not in, ever there, but saying all the things we talked about. Um, and you like write it out, maybe just like vent or rent. Uh, maybe you just need a note on your computer or something. And those fantastic things to do that I think are really helpful. And if you guys are looking for kind of support around this, maybe put it in the Facebook group and we can help navigate it if if we can to me that sounds good that's really helpful i think the main thing that i've noticed when people especially are complaining online is that they don't really know what to do with their complaint and so it really it's not a, a they're not seeking problem solving they're just venting even if it looks like they're seeking problem solving so yeah. that you're a, you're you're doing and be like wait what is it that I actually need or want in this situation it's a lot easier to ask for help mm -hmm. you know you are past that venting stage then it if you do share your complaint with the person that you want something from it'll be easier for them to do something about it mm -hmm. you know that was uh when my when first moved in with me he how I was arranging the closet or something. And, and he, he walked into the hallway and was like, there's a lot of shoes on the floor. And I said, okay. 
but he meant can you move the shoes mm-hmm. but he should have known better because I don't that's not how we communicate yeah so yeah I, I didn't let <laughs> him get away <laughs> yeah I didn't I didn't let him get away with the indirect request it's like no I need a direct request what is it that it's are you just making making an observation or would you like to borrow them I mean are you excited about the shoes what's so good yes (laughs) and it's it goes the same if you are are having an issue and you write an email reread it and and look and say did I actually ask a question? Did I ask them to do something for me in this email or am I just complaining? Mm. Because if it's just complaining, the the chances that you lack in defensiveness is very high. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, really, mm-hmm. I really like that. So you offer some kind of decompression sessions. Is this right? I mean, yeah. Uh, so tell us about your decompression vibes that you have going on. Yeah, the decompression that was inspired by similar situations. Uh, you know, people just needed a space to vent constructively. So whether it's like, I'm so annoyed, I can't even think about what I want. I need to process this sensation before I can even talk about strategy. This is the first step. It's how do I get this out of my body so that I can think. Mm. Because when we're emotional, we're not thinking. So it's bringing the thinking back online. And it's it's a generally a somatic practice. We figure out what which one works best for each person who joins. It's different every time, but it's, yeah, it's just about processing <laughs> so that you can think. Yeah, yeah. So it really sounds good to be able to hash it out, dig through it talk to you about it, talk to themselves, their, their own bodies about it. Sounds, sounds really great. I love yeah. That. Talk to their own bodies about it, figure out, <laughs> out what, what they're comfortable with. If they want to say anything, it's just a safe space to process and figure out like, what do I even want to do? Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for hanging with me today. Where can people find you on Instagram or the, or the webs or, or things like that? Instagrams. My Instagram handle is encouraging.conversations and the website is berkowitzcivilitygroup.com, which is my, me and my business partner. And you can email us there. You can contact me through the Instagram. Either of those work great. I love it. Awesome. All right, before we wrap up today, we have a tool that Alyssa recorded for us. It's a Qigong exercise that she's going to walk you through now. This exercise I'm about to share with you is from a Qigong five animal form, originally taught to me by Tai Chi Master Mei Chen in the Bay Area. This is a simplified chunk of the tiger posture, which is meant to mobilize energy from the emotion anger. It's really good for moving tension out of the body and also starting to 
get familiar with the sense of being able to tense and then relax so that you can call that sensation in whenever you need to. And to remember that uh, moving energy that feels stuck takes movement along with the breath. So we're going to begin, if it feels all right, find a place to sit or stand, sitting on the edge of a chair if you're choosing to sit so we're not leaning back. And exhale all of the breath out as you place your palms on your rib cage. And then inhaling through the nose, expand the rib cage into your hands. And then exhale and let the breath leave at whatever speed it's going to leave. And feel yourself getting heavier, sinking down into your seat or your feet. Let your hands relax down to your sides or into your lap. Turning the palms up, they should be down by your hips or in your lap. Roll one finger in at a time until you have two fists and then squeeze them tight. And then we're going to pull them up like we're lifting something heavy and inhale through the nose. When they get up to your chin, you're going to relax your palms, relax the whole hand, turn your palms up and then exhale through the nose and push up towards the sky, looking up at your hands as you push. When you're done with the exhale and you're out of breath, you're going to roll those fingers in one at a time and then inhale as you pull them down like you're trying to do a, a chin up. When your lungs are totally full, you're going to relax those hands, feel them melt as you open them and they become soft, open hands and float them down back towards your lap or your sides. When you're totally done with your exhale, we're gonna do it again. So roll one finger in at a time, make your fists, squeeze them tight, inhale, up to the chin. When they get to the chin, melt those hands open, feel them relax and then push up towards the sky. Once the exhale is complete, roll them back in, make your fists, inhale, pull them down. As they get to your chin, feel your hands melt all the tension away as you open your palms and exhale them back down towards your lap. Take a moment to do another inhale through the nose Feel your rib cage expand and then exhale again through the nose, just feeling all of the energy melting down from the top of your head, down through the neck, chest, down through your belly and into your seat or into the floor, whichever is supporting you. Take a moment to let the breath go back to whatever it pace it naturally exist at and just feel the support 
of the chair or the ground. And if you'd like to do this some more, this is a great exercise to add in squeezing the eyes or clenching the jaw as you inhale and then letting those melt into relaxation on the exhale. Really any, any body part that feels like there's tension that needs to be mobilized. Just practice the tense on the inhale and relax on the exhale as many times as you need, whatever feels good. I hope this was enjoyable. And that you keep in mind we don't need to hold on to the tension we can move it out of our bodies as we need to thank you so much for listening and thank you Alyssa, for being on the podcast today you can find her website at berkowitzcivilitygroup.com that's B-E-R-K-O-W-I-T-Z-C-I-V-I-L-I-T-Y group.com. And her Instagram is at encouraging.conversations. As usual, you can find me over on Instagram at why don't you say something. I encourage you to share your thoughts, feelings, downloads, opinions over on a post there. And I'll see you next time.